Oh, you. I didn't know you were going to ask this on the podcast. <laughs> what is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle. And how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. How's it going? My name is Pete, coming to you from Heartland, Vermont. And not with me tonight is my friend and co-host, Todd Ellis. He sent me a text earlier today saying that the gingers were in town and he might not be available for recording. And he is referencing the color of the hair of his grandchildren. So I hope Todd is off having a good time with the gingers and enjoying himself with his grandfatherly duties. But filling in tonight is someone that I'm really excited to chat with tonight and who has some really cool, deep questions that we're going to share for tonight's episode. And it is someone who I talk about quite a bit on this podcast. I'm excited to finally get her on in the basement tonight, live and in person. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce my daughter, Miss Lauren Driscoll. Hello, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on the show. It's awesome to be here. I've been want, wanting to go on the podcast for a long time. How's it going? Well, I had a nice day. How about you? I had a great day. Uh, what was one thing that you did today that might be different from a normal day? Um, I had swimming lessons and I played with Ava. Awesome. Cool, cool. For many months now... Lauren will often be reading through her Highlights magazine, and in one section of the Highlights magazine, there's a series of questions that ask kids to think and ponder through, and she'll often read the questions to me, and the questions range in all different types of content and material, and I will give my best answer and ask her what her thoughts are on it, and she asked for tonight's podcast that she asked me the questions and interview me based on some of the questions that she has found and wants to get into tonight. But before we get into that, I'd like the listeners to know a little bit more about you. So can you tell us your age? I'm eight years old. And what grade are you in? Um, I'm in first grade. And why are you laughing right now? <laughs> because my cat is doing something funny. The cat shouldn't be in the recording studio. How did it sneak in here? I don't know. Oh, boy. What's your cat's name? Lewis. Can I go grab him? No, can't go grab him. You're all hooked up to a bunch of audio equipment. You'll, oh. you'll run away and the computer will go off the table with you. you Got to hang out here in this spot for another minute. All right. You're eight years old. You're in third grade. What is something that you like to spend your time doing when nobody forces you to do anything? I like to practice gymnastics. Anything else? I like to read and play with Lewis and Duchess, my other cat. What type of stuff are you into reading these days? Graphic novels. What's your favorite graphic novel of all time? Wings of Fire. There's a recommendation for all these eight-year-olds out there that listen to the show. Wings of Fire. So you have a couple questions lined up to ask me tonight, and I have a couple questions that I'd like to ask you. Um, but one question that I never ask kids is, what do you want to be when you grow up? I just think it's kind of uh, a weird question to answer when you're eight years old. Instead, the question that I often ask kids is, what do you absolutely love to do? 
Because I think if we chase that, that would lead to a career of purpose and fulfillment. So my question for you is, what do you absolutely love right now? What are you super into and what do you love to do? I absolutely love to do anything that involves with animals other than humans. Because humans are animals, that's correct. What type of animals are you, are you, feeling, are you finding that you're passionate about right now? Any animal. Can you list a bunch? Horses, dogs, cats, birds, pandas. And you want to spend time with animals as you get older? Yes. Awesome. Do you have any questions for me that are not on the sheet that you have here that you want to lead off with, or do you want to go right to the sheet of questions? After retirement, where do you want to work? After retirement, where do I want to work? Well, one of my retirement goals, and I don't know if all the listeners in this podcast know this, but this is <laughs> this is not even kidding. One of my life goals is to save up enough money so that when I'm retired, I can go out to breakfast every day for the rest of my life. You know how much I love breakfast. And I want to be the guy that when I walk into the restaurant, people know exactly what I order. I don't even have to like put in my order. They know what I want. And I just sit down and start talking to the people at, in the restaurant and then five minutes later or 10 minutes later, my eggs and bacon comes up and I'm just having a great day. But as far as what I want to do, I do love to snowboard. I love spending time outside and I love trying to like help other people be better versions of themselves. So I think in some way, shape or form, I'm always going to be trying to being sharing what I'm learning and teaching other people about mindset and different things like that. Oh, that's awesome. How that will play out exactly, I don't know, but that's definitely in my plans. Will the rest... Will the breakfast place that you go to have a sauna? <laughs> you know that one of my life goals right now is to save up enough money to get a sauna installed at the house. And um, I do talk about that all the time as being one of my goals. Um, that would be pretty cool. A breakfast place with a sauna. That would be pretty amazing. I don't know. Maybe we should look into that. You go in and you sit down in your sauna. I don't know if I'd want to have breakfast in the sauna, but maybe I would have a sauna and then breakfast right after. So it could be a good business model. Good thinking. I would have a breakfast in a hot tub. What would you have for breakfast in the hot tub? Pancakes with a ton of maple syrup. Oh, nice. Vermont girl through and through. All right. So here are the questions for tonight. They are listed on your sheet. You wrote them out with your very best handwriting so that we can both read them. And you're going to read them to the microphone. And then I'm going to do my best to give you a thorough answer. Cool. What are three objects you use every day that you think many people may not? Three objects that I use every single day that I think many people might not use. Okay, I got my three. First one is, I wake up each morning to an illuminating alarm clock. I think this is one of the best inventions ever. Um, it's really jolting and uncomfortable for me to wake up to a loud. Eh, 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 eh. So my alarm clock illuminates light starting about half an hour before I'm set to wake up. And just like the sun rising, it slowly emits a little bit of light and a little bit more and a little bit more. And over those 30 minutes, it, got, it kind of gets to full brightness. And oftentimes I will wake up more energetic and ready to go if I'm woken up by light rather than a sound. After I wake up, I use my second item that I think a lot of people use, but not everybody, and that is a rowing machine. So after my alarm clock lights up the room, I get up, put on my fitness clothes, grab a sip of water, not a sip, a really big glass of water, 
and head down to the basement or the garage, depending on the time of the year. And I jump on the rower for however long, depends on the workout, depends on the day. But I love to get my body physically moving as soon as I possibly can after waking up. That helps wake me up, kind of starts my day off in a really great spot. So the rowing machine is something that I use every day. And then in addition to that, my last and final piece would be a lacrosse ball. And I use a lacrosse ball multiple times throughout the day, sometimes during the school day, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the evening, usually in the evening. And I use a lacrosse ball to roll out or give my muscles a deep tissue massage. So I'll roll out the bottoms of my feet, I'll roll out my calves, I'll roll out my glutes. I have four years of nagging shoulder injuries, so I'll roll out the muscles around my shoulder, my subscaps, pec minor, all that kind of muscles around the armpit and shoulder blade area. I love the lacrosse ball. Yeah, so I'd say the illuminating alarm clock, the rowing machine, and the lacrosse ball, but not to play lacrosse. That was really cool. Thank you for sharing. Next question. Name a time when you turn something challenging into something fun. A time when I turn something challenging into something fun. Oh, I got a good one for this, but I got to preface it by saying this to you. What I'm about to tell you is not something that I'm saying that you should consider doing because it's illegal or something that you should take lightly because it's not to be taken lightly, but I'm just sharing you the facts of the story, okay? So um, I'm going to kindly ask that you don't think that you can go do this. When I was in college, I went to college in Springfield, Massachusetts, and when the New England winters would hit, inevitably we would get snowstorms. One night in my sophomore year, we had a very big snowstorm. And that night, somebody thought it would be funny. And it was obviously a coerced plan because it took many people to do. But in the middle of the night during a really big snowstorm, every fire alarm was pulled in every dorm on campus. And in college, when a fire alarm is pulled, everyone in the building must go outside Then the police and the fire department come. They have to search the building, make sure it's safe while everybody waits outside. And then you have to go back into the building, check in with the RA, who's a resident advisor that protects the building, and share with them if you knew anything about the person who pulled the fire alarm. Because the person who pulled the fire alarm would be fined, I think back then it was somewhere between $500 and $1,000, and you also get in trouble with the police. It was against the law to do that. So it was really, really serious. And they took it really serious. Well, whenever the fire alarm was pulled, the fire alarm went off, everybody had to leave their dorm room. So hundreds and hundreds of kids would come flowing out of the building into the night. But one night, when all the fire alarms were pulled during a big snowstorm, we all came out in the middle of the night in the snowstorm. And while we were waiting for the police and the firemen to do their thing, one building's group of students started throwing snowballs at another building's group of students. And then that group fired back. And I just remember being so much fun in the middle of the night, having this giant snowball fight with hundreds of people. And I remember taking a leadership role and kind of like commanding my my building to make a bunch of snowballs and hold them and then throw them all at the same time. And it was kind of like a little strategic kind of like snowball warfare. And uh, I just remember like all the people when the alarm was pulled, how miserable and how angry and how upset they were. And like an hour later, when we're still outside throwing snowballs, everyone was like having a good time. Or at least my friends and I were having a good time. I'm sure there's still plenty of miserable people. But at a time when it was really, really cold and really, really snowy, we could have just stood there with blankets wrapped around us and complained. But we decided to have a good time and have a giant snowball fight. So I would say that is a time when I was able to turn something challenging into something fun. 
Wouldn't the teachers stop the kids? Well, in college, there aren't teachers out at one o'clock in the morning. The teachers are probably home with their families, but there are people who are in charge of keeping the dorms safe. They're called RAs, resident advisors. Well, then the RAs? The RAs would come out, but they didn't do much to stop the snowball fight. They just let the snowball fight happen. No, not the snowball fight. The pulling of the alarm. Yeah, that was a real, real big rule breaker of the kids who pulled the fire alarms to do that. So it was something that was taken very seriously. But that particular night, all of the fire alarms got pulled in all of the dorm rooms. You never did, did you? No, I never pulled a fire alarm. But then why were you chuckling a bit when you said it? It's just a funny memory to think that all the kids that were living on campus had to come out into a snowstorm in the middle of the night, and then this big snowball fight erupted. It's just kind of a fun memory for me. Yeah, that is fun. All right, next question. Right up on the mic. Get nice and close. What is your favorite place to learn outside of school? I love this question. What is your favorite place to learn outside of school? It's really important that you and my students and anyone who's listening to this recognize that learning doesn't just happen within the walls of the school building, but learning is always happening wherever we're going, whatever we're doing. And I would say for me, the single best place that I can learn outside of school is in travel. When I travel, especially to new places that I've never traveled to before, it's just so exciting. It's new. Um, I'm very aware of what's going on because when, when our surroundings are new, we tend to be more aware of our surroundings and we, we're more present in the moment. Whereas we're in places that we spend a lot of time, our mind can just roam and roll. And we're not really, I don't, I'm not as present in the moment. I think when you're present in the moment, you're really living. So when it comes to my favorite place to learn outside of school, I'd say anytime I'm traveling, particularly internationally where it's different languages um, and writing and speaking, and all these different things is really cool. What about you? Where is your favorite place to learn when you're not in school? My favorite place to learn is at my grandma's house because I train her dog and I learn so much about different techniques, how to train dogs and other things like that. What's one of the techniques you use to train the dog? When a dog won't sit, first you have to push its bum down and then you have to pat it and then... After they got that down, you just say sit, and they sit. Do you use any treats or snacks or anything to do that? Not usually. If you could have one wish and your parents could get you one thing, what would you pick? A horse. How come your parents won't get you a horse? Well, you say that. What's my reasoning? Because they're too expensive and they take up way too much time. I was told when you were born that every girl goes through a horse phase. It's just that your horse phase now has been eight years, so that's tricky. All right, next question. I'm going to fit one in. You're going to fit a horse in? No, I'm going to fit a new question I just thought of in. Oh. Um, oh you, just, you just thought of a question that's off the yeah. sheet? All right, go ahead. Fire what away. was a song you listened – what was a, so a funny song you remember when you were a kid? Oh, you. I didn't know you were going to ask this on the podcast. Why would you do that to me? Do it. <laughs> Got myself in trouble the other night by teaching you this song and you wouldn't stop singing it. Do it. <laughs> she came home from school the other day and asked us, what was the question that you asked me that night? The same question I just asked you. 
Go ahead and ask it again. Okay. What's a funny song you remember? Oh, a funny song I remember from when I was a kid. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, the funny song that I remember from the kid, from when I was a kid, <laughs> one of the few that's appropriate that I can share to you with you and on this podcast is, and who everybody knows this one, Beans, beans are good for your heart. The more you eat, the more you fart. The more you fart, the better you feel. So eat your beans with every meal. You want to say it? You want to sing it? No. Mommy's not here. You can sing it. No. Next question. All right. What is your favorite memory about music? Just do the same thing you just said. No, that song is not my favorite memory about music. <laughs> but do it anyway. <laughs> I have a couple great memories about music. My favorite memory about music might be hard for the younger generation to understand. But when I was growing up, there was a sh- channel on TV called MTV. It stood for music television. And this is before the internet and computers in every household. And that was how we watch music videos it was almost like a like the radio where they just play a bunch of different songs but it was videos and the people that would introduce the videos were called vjs video jockeys and they would introduce the video to give a little background about the video or the artist and the vjs on mtv downtown julie brown bill bellamy a bunch of these other people were really really popular at the time when we were growing up and I was in Hartford, Connecticut at a Wu-Tang concert, and I was kind of hanging out near the VJs, and they were filming for one of the MTV shows, and I got on and was able to introduce a video, and I had people at home that were able to record it. So I had the VHS tape of me on MTV introducing a video, and then a couple of years later, when I did a cross-country trip, I was uh, in San Diego, California, and they were filming then for the show called uh, TRL, Total Request Live, where people would call in, request videos, and then they'd play them. And I was brought on again to introduce an Eminem video, which I thought was really, really cool. So I was on MTV twice introducing rap videos, and those are really, really cool memories for me regarding music. But I would also say that probably my single favorite music memory is when your Uncle Jay was learning to play, play the guitar, and he had a group that he loved to listen to called Dispatch. And there was a song by them called The General. And we'd all get together as a family. We'd ask him to play The General for us all at family gatherings, like holidays and stuff. And we'd all sit around. And he was the only person in the family that played a musical instrument. And it was just really exciting for him to play The General. And each time we did that, he got a little bit better at it, a little bit better at it. And lo and behold, he became a musician by trade. And then he traveled all around the world and, and played shows, which was really, really cool. Oh, I've never heard that story before. That was cool. Next qu- question. Um, what motivated you to make the Schooling Struggle podcast? Whoa, you're going deep. I wasn't expecting that one. It's called going off script. You're going off script? The answer is, is that I am constantly learning really, really cool new stuff. And the stuff that I'm most fascinated by is learning about how I can strive to be a better version of myself. And I'm learning that whenever I learn something new, it doesn't just sit there with me. I get really, really excited to share it with people. And I have so many students and former students who I absolutely love. And when they're no longer in my class or in my school, I still wanted to have the opportunity to be their teacher so that they can tune in every week and hear what I'm learning about and what I'm sharing. So I want to be my student's teacher forever. Um, that falls in line with my, my core values is to live, love, learn, and lead with a strong mind, a healthy body, and a grateful spirit. And if I can lead or teach 
that really gives me a high level of fulfillment. So not only am I teaching in school, but I'm also teaching and sharing what I'm learning through this podcast. And when the listeners out there reach out to me and tell me what they're, what they've taken away from it or how they apply it to their life, it means everything to me. So it's really, really special, this podcast. And as it continues to grow, as more and more people are listening, um, it's just really cool to see. So I'm super passionate about it. You know, I talk about it all the time. I spend a ton of time editing this thing and it's all worth it because I just, I really, really love it. It's really interesting. And the next question I have for you is, if you could travel anywhere right now, where would you choose to go? Yeah, that's a that's a really hard one for an, for me to answer because it's like, how long am I traveling? Am I going for a day? Am I going for a week? Am I going to go spend a year there? And then I started to think about, do I want to go somewhere that I know is absolutely awesome because I've already been there and experienced it? Do I want to go somewhere brand new that might not be as great as I think and might not meet my expectation? So I think about that quite a bit. Um, for the listeners out there, Lauren knows that we as a family have a list on our fridge of all the kind of life bucket experiences and places we want to visit and that list has like 20 different things on it we do no we don't yeah that big long piece of paper on the side of the fridge that has all the places we want to go you don't have one of those (laughs) you've never you've never seen that piece of paper hanging there when i go back up i'm gonna look there yeah it's, it's been there since you were born no it hasn't okay well we can argue about that later or i can just go up and show it to you on there are all the places that I want to visit in my life. And there's a bunch of different things on there. One of them is going to the Olympics and we have tickets and a place to stay. And we're planning on going to Paris this summer and going to watch the Olympics. So that's a huge one, but that's more of an event than a place. But I think right now at this very moment, if I could snap my fingers and go anywhere in the world, I might go to the Greek islands because I haven't been there yet. And I've heard some really cool things about the Greek islands. I also would love to spend some time in Scandinavia. So Norway, Finland, Sweden, and then I'd like to go down. I've heard some amazing things about Copenhagen, or as they say, Copenhagen in Denmark. That'd be a really cool place to visit too. So that's probably the top of my list. What about you? If you could snap your fingers and go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Well, I would have to snap twice, but the first place I would go to a bank and get a ton of money, and then I would go to the horse store and get like 45 horses. That's cheating. You can't snap your fingers, go to the bank, get all the money you want, and then go to the horse there's a horse store? You can just go to a, whor- a horse store okay, and buy, buy then horses? Okay, there's a horse store at the bank. Oh, boy. You're getting crazy now. It's past your bedtime. You're getting squirrely. Stop it. Sorry. All right. Last question. Can you explain what happiness looks and feels like? Yeah, that's a deep one. I, I was happy that you chose that one last because I think that's, without question, for me, the hardest one to answer. Can I explain what happiness looks like and feels like? Well, I think looking at people who are happy or, yeah, let's go with people. I don't, I'm not quite sure about the happiness of animals or other living beings. But I think when you see people that are happy, you see smiles, you see laughs, you see people physically doing stuff and talking and enjoying each other's company and being kind to one another. So I think when I think about what it looks like, that's probably what it looks like. I think for me, there's probably some level of music and some really good food there. Or it can be just be completely the opposite of that. And it can be very, very simple. Someone can be by themselves, maybe sitting in a hammock or in their special spot in a tree or their favorite place on the couch or a chair and reading a book. So happiness can look 
like so many different things. Happiness can look like doing something cool, serving others. Some people get a high level of happiness by doing something kind for others. I think it can take many shapes of what it looks like. But for me, what it feels like is this like this feeling inside of like my chest cavity. And it just feels so light. And often I get tingles on the back of my my neck and my shoulder when I'm just like really in a euphoric state. You know what euphoric means? No. Euphoric is like beyond happy. It's like so blissful that you're just in a state of complete zeal and excitement. There's no bad things going on and everything is just like as close to perfect as it can get. That's kind of euphoric. I felt that before. You felt that before? Do you remember a time that you felt that? When we got our cats and buddies. Yeah. When we, the day we brought the two bunnies home and the day we brought the two cats home? Yeah. Yeah, I remember those days. So what it feels like to me is this like really amazing feeling in my heart that like, yeah, there might be challenging things going on in the world right now, but in this moment, I'm so present and I'm feeling so excited. That's what happiness is for me. Happiness for me comes in the form of many, many different things, but I tend to find my highest levels of happiness when I'm feeling connected to the people around me and people that I care about and people that care about me, usually outside some way and doing something. So I call it the social physical. So it's kind of the three big ones for me are being outside, doing something and hanging out with people that I absolutely just think the world of and people that I love. So that's what happiness looks and feels like to me. Like the feeling of like this moment is so awesome and I'm so grateful for this moment that I don't ever want to, it to change or ever want to give it up. But I also feel like that often, like when I talk you in at night and it's just you and I and I sing to you and then we're just laying there before you fall asleep. Like for me, that's a super, super high level of happiness too. And then when you and I and mommy travel and do really fun, new, cool things, that brings me a lot of happiness. What brings you the most joy or happiness in your life other than time with animals? Well, schools, when the girls in my school all get along together, I feel very happy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's something you're working through is the social side of doing what other people want and asking them to do what you want and navigating recess and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And when that's flowing well, you're just feeling really, really happy. Yeah. Cool. Um, can I ask you a couple questions before we sign off and, and we close it out here? Okay. What? Let's just stay on the happiness theme. What is one food that you love eating that really makes you excited to eat? Um, anything that involves candy. What's your favorite candy? Tootsie Rolls. What is your favorite nutritiously dense food? Grapefruit. What is a movie that you love? Air Bud. We watched Air Bud this week. That's right. Oh, and Free Willy and um, the one with the dogs and cat named Sassy. That one. The Incredible Journey. Yeah, The Incredible Journey. The Incredible Journey. Which are all animal movies. What's a song that you love right now? Girl on Fire. Nice. All right. Last question. What are the three characteristics that I challenge you to model every day as you do your best to live your life? Hardworking, kind, and resilient. Yes, hardworking, kind, and resilient. It means regardless of the task, you work hard. You always treat yourself and others with a high level of respect. 
and resilient means that you don't quit. We're Driscoll's. Yeah. We never quit, except maybe we should bring this podcast to a close. All right. Can you can you send the listeners off with words of wisdom or one recommendation you should make to people so that they can be their best selves? Well, if you want people to be kind to you, then be kind to them. That's awesome. I once heard someone say, if you want good neighbors, be a good neighbor. And you have that magnet on the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, from our friend Eric Lacey. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, to all the listeners out there, thanks for tuning in to a conversation with Pete and LJ. It was really fun to interview you tonight. We so very much appreciate your ears. We thank you for your time, and we are incredibly grateful for your attention. We are the School and Struggle Podcast. We are out. To all the listeners out there, see ya.